We choose to go to the moon in this decade, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. We overestimate what we can achieve in a year and underestimate what we can achieve in 10. 2019 marked the 10th anniversary of Notion and the 50th anniversary of the moon landings. Welcome to the next 10 years, 15 short episodes in which Notion and our founders share our hopes and dreams for the 2020s and consider the enormity of what we and they could achieve in the coming decade. And we are back on the podcast for the next 10 years. The next 10 years going to the moon. Who do I have with me today? Guys, can you introduce yourselves? Sure. It's Connor Lachlan. I'm CEO of Glowfox. And Oliver Merrick, COO of Glowfox. <laughs> Same company. So before I ask you the three questions in one sentence, tell me who you are. Connor. Previous rugby professional turned entrepreneur. That's awesome. Oliver? I am a dad of four, a second time entrepreneur, and I enjoy obviously growing things, whether it's families or businesses. There you go. <laughs> Two very worthy activities. So as you know, guys, we're here at the retreat for Notion, and it's all about the next 10 years, a bit like JFK announced they wanted to go to the moon. We're going to go to the moon. We will be first and we'll achieve that in one decade. So what are your ambitions for the next decade? I'll jump in first. Yeah, for us um, and for me leading the company, it's definitely about building something of purpose and impact. So GoFox you know, serves fitness uh, professionals and our mission is, is very clear. We're, we're set to power the fitness industry. But there's two reasons why that's important to us. The first is we're helping these fitness entrepreneurs live their own dreams and build growing successful businesses. And the second reason is that we're helping, you know, have a big impact on a large number of people to achieve their own fitness goals, whether that's tackling obesity, battling with mental health, you know, improving the health and well-being of people globally is, you know, it's quite compelling and enriching. So, you know, for us, it's uh, it's about doing more of that on a global stage and, and expanding that out more. Oliver, do you want to add something? Yeah. I mean, yes, obviously, ascribe to the same vision as Connor in terms of where we're trying to take Glowfox. I That's think good. You're aligned. We are aligned. That's good <laughs> to know, right? Actually, yeah, no, Would have been awkward. <laughs> <laughs> a difficult question. I think that, you know, the personal motivation for me is I love, like I alluded to earlier, kind of building stuff. So I love this idea of building exceptional companies and, and within that building exceptional teams. So what I get really excited about at Glowfox is I think there's an amazing opportunity in front of us and we're, you know, we're running really fast as a, as, a, as a team and as a company to realize that opportunity. A little bit of background, I came on board only just over a year ago and Glowfox, even just 12 months ago, was essentially a, a kind of an Irish company, a one team kind of company. And now we've got offices all over the world, we're going super fast. It's, it's what I get really excited about is over the next course, the next 10, 10 years, yeah, building a truly exceptional team and truly exceptional company. Just even to expand on that too, like it's, it's, like you know you, you can you can see the ambition just kind of increases and grows at every juncture and and i suppose when we started out it was more around you know servicing the industry and now like where we're where we're going and where we see the opportunities about actually helping shape it and and help carve the direction of it and, and that's where you know it gets really really exciting what are the kind of biggest challenges you see that you would have to overcome in that time frame of 10 years like tons and and oliver's kind of touched on on one big one there it's you know you're you're setting up uh teams in multiple geographies and different time zones. We have an office in LA, Dublin and Sydney, and we, you know, set up the, the LA and Sydney office pretty much simultaneously. And it's, I suppose, it's difficult to really transpose the culture and, you know, ensure that 
that these aren't seen as forgotten outposts, that they're, you know, they're offices and they're, they're part of our overall company. And, you know, we're just this extended, well-connected tissue in this. And it's, I think that's going to be the biggest challenge is um, ensuring that, that everyone's aligned and we have everyone on the same page in terms of where we're headed. And we, we have the ability to just recruit, hire and, and grow the company and, and build a team that we need to do to execute on, on our vision um, and to do that at pace and, and with quality. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree with that. You know, we're running pretty quickly as a, as a business and... For fitness people, let's For fitness, good. this is good, right? We're throwing lots of sporting metaphors. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the opportunity in front of us is is big and, and only getting bigger. So absolutely, like Connor says, trying to trying to scale into that is a, is a huge challenge for us. I think the other challenge, and this is the same as any industry, is, you know, 10 years is a decent time frame, right? So, and we're so focused on the here and now, right? You know, we've got contracts to deliver, we've got customers to make happy, we've got product to ship, people to hire. How do we just keep an eye on where sporting metaphor coming up, where the puck is going to, right? So we make sure that as a business, we don't get so focused on the here and now that we don't kind of look up and see, you know, where actually is this industry going? There's a, there's a huge amount going on, the new entrants coming in, there's a lot of money coming in. You feel like the tectonic plates are kind of shifting in our industry, as, as I guess every industry is. And we we want to make sure that we are kind of core to that um, over time. So trying to trying to keep the, the long-term vision in view is, is really important, I think, too. Yeah, I think there was uh, Denis Foire, you guys might have heard about that with this bastardized version of the three horizons is today, mm. 10 years and in the middle. And that's the one. How do you keep both eye to eyes? How do you keep the, the, the end whilst actually moving in the middle? So not only for your company, but in general, what does success mean to you? The success for the company is, is like we just talked about, right? Realizing the opportunity, growing into that space, becoming this, this uh, we talk about being the operating system for the fitness industry. We talk about, um, you know, what that might really look like in reality. So that's, that's kind of success. I think success for me, oh God, it sounds a bit silly, but it kind of legacy and achievement, I think are really powerful driving forces for me. So feeling like, you know, we've created something, whether it's, uh, you know, a great product or, you know, created jobs and we've, we've created benefit, you know, our industry and what we do is a lot about helping entrepreneurs set up their own fitness business for the first time. So there's a lot, the lot of impact that we have on the kind of the various different stakeholders. And for me, that's a huge driver for me is, is like that sense of achievement in having realized our vision, helped people set up their businesses and become successful entrepreneurs and being able to look back internally as well and look at the business that we built and said, yeah, we, we achieved the aim of building a great business and a great team and kind of capitalizing on that opportunity. For me, that's, that's success. I'd agree. And definitely like the, the term legacy comes to mind and not even just in terms of probably building something for customers or like the businesses and helping support those businesses, but also the end users and helping support and improve their health and their life expectancy even, but also like building that team we talked about and, and the pride that goes into that and seeing people within the team, you know, get a sense of fulfillment in their work. And, and we've done this pretty well in, in previous times where we brought in some of our customers and they, they, they come in and they, they do a, a fireside chat. And they the good thing about our industry is we're supporting these fitness entrepreneurs that are, are more 
around boutique studios. You know, that's that's really where our sweet spot was. And that's where, you know, when Oliver said, you know, we're skating towards where the puck was headed, we saw the opportunity was more in this boutique because it was more of an engaged member experience. And you saw the fitness industry has shifted towards these folks. So these folks that, that set up these boutiques, they come in and they often share this brilliant story where they left their corporate job to follow their passion. They remortgaged a house and, you know, set up a, a yoga studio or a CrossFit gym. And they have like three people working there where they're working... 24-7 for the first few months, they get to choose one software provider that, that is their operating system, which does everything from the payments to membership management to lead management to reporting, and that's us. And then, you know, if they're successful, they'll attribute the success to us. And then what does success mean? It means that exact thing. They, they had to talk about Joe and Mary or, you know, whoever their end members were who who helped, you know, change their lives. And then you kind of see your team then and then the team, you, you stand up afterwards and you go, folks like we're doing this for thousands of people to millions of end members in, you know, in over 40 countries and we're growing at an exceptionally fast rate. So we're, you know, the impact we're having is quite substantial and that's, that's purpose and, and that's pride, right? And that's like, uh, so for me, it's, it's definitely about that. It's connected on the legacy, but you know, between the, you know, our team customers or the businesses and the end members, you know, having a big impact on all those people is, is success anyway. And you should be proud. That sounds pretty awesome. Last question, as we like to keep it punchy. I know it's a question that is not exactly related to you, but you guys are based in Europe, part of the European ecosystem. What is your biggest wish for the European ecosystem within the next 10 years? <laughs> I can say that. I okay. can say that. So it's kind of crazy that uh, we still talk about, you know, I guess we have Spotify and if companies coming through, like Trade Shift downstairs, you're starting to get into the, the kind of the, the European unicorns. But it still feels like there's a very much, uh, you know, if you're looking in the tech world, you go to the US and you have this massive ecosystem, all the capital that sits there, all the investors are very focused on the US. There are you know, definitely other parts of the world, like oh, I used to live in Asia, so everyone talks about China and everything that's going on there. But Europe is often the kind of the overlooked, it's the old world, it's kind of fragmented, all these different places. Always go. What's interesting for me, I'm a Brit, I just moved to Dublin, to Ireland. Well, Ireland's got this very high quality tech ecosystem, but it's it's pretty small, it's a small pond, right? One of the things that attracted me about Glowfox is, is the ambition of an Irish company to become a global company. So for me, I think my wish for the European tech sector is that we stop kind of talking about you know the the European tech sector is a standalone thing it becomes part of the the global capital pool people come in and and recognize that you know, Dublin's the same as Boulder Colorado or something like that that it's just a, a feeder into the overall rather than uh, you know this very fragmented market the way that people look at it at the moment yeah in some way it's a, it's nearly like a type of competitive advantage like for us like we've got a, a small local market to serve so we had to be international company from day one and that served into our favor because a big differentiator we have among maybe the the US competitors is the fact that if they want to serve a large global franchise, they don't have the, the ability to localize to the same extent we have because we, we've built it from, from day one. So, you know, it's it's definitely played into our favor in that regard. And it's been a bit of a dif differentiator because you kind of have some some ways in a lot of these markets, the really unattentive market leader that is taking a very US-centric approach and hasn't put in the maybe the the resources to create that global localization required. And there you go. Oliver, Connor, thank you so much, guys. Great. Thanks. Pleasure.